You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas, on Monday night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to week 15 of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. Greg, can you believe we only have three weeks of football left in the regular season? means only four more weeks until the best weekend ever, Wild Card Weekend. Oh, yes. Wild Card Weekend is always a blast and still a lot to be determined between now and then. Chris Portente has sent us his picks. We will be dropping those in throughout uh, here, but we're going to go and, and hit the ground running with our first game of the week, looking at the New England Patriots as they head to Cincinnati to take on the hapless Bengals. New England coming off that loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, where Greg and I were sitting there watching, saying, of course, New England is going to win this game, but it was not to be. And so they're laying nine and a half in this one on the road. Greg, I'll let you have it first. Uh, The cheating Patriots. They were just there to film a documentary last week. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. Uh, I've I've been a pretty proud supporter of uh, them cutting corners, but it is getting a little, a little much for even me. I I, I don't I can't really defend it, but with all the negative, uh, you know, yammer going on out there, uh, they're going to want to come out and make a statement, and then afterwards, you know, what it's going to be like. Well, of course, you can beat a team thirty-seven to three uh when you when you're filming their their stuff right so we know what the narrative is going to be after the fact but uh you know since he a lucky covered last week but also two weeks ago we knew we had their uh their super bowl there winning that game that they needed to get they're kind of coming back down to earth here um no well, back effort. down to earth they never got that far above the ground they won one game <laughs> it's, it's a very it's a very good point sorry, sorry. We, were, we were loaded up on them that week yes uh but you know likely they'll scheme to stop joe mixon um that defense has still been pretty good uh for the pats and quite frankly i think they need a, a little bit of a get right game for the offense uh, to start scoring more consistently without the trick plays and everything. So really good timing, bad situation for Cincinnati with them coming in off of two losses. I think I, I, if I heard this right, I don't think they've ever lost three straight in the, the Belichick area, which quite frankly, I don't give a damn about. I, I care if they win by 10, um, <laughs> but that's, that's pretty impressive. And really you couldn't pick a better situation um, than what they're walking into now. Yeah, when you have a a team that wins 10 plus games every year, really 11 plus games when it's the Patriots and you won your division uh, since probably uh, most of the people out there listening were born. Uh, you can't really afford too many three, any three game losing streaks in there. Um, you know, you said it, it's, it's a get right game for the Patriots. In my mind, we talked about this early on in the season when they were dominating, when they were eight and oh, we looked at their schedule and honestly, their schedule was a bunch of cupcakes. They were teams that were not good, even though they're the, they're, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. And what did they do to those teams? They dominated every single game early on in the year. Their, their schedule got a little bit tougher and that competition stepped up and they've kind of come back down to the team who really we thought they were. There were some obvious 
I won't even say flaws, but, but weaknesses uh, in, in that team that showed themselves against different competition. The only three losses for the Patriots Patriots this year have come against the division leaders. They lost to the Baltimore Ravens. They lost to the Kansas city chiefs and they lost to the Houston Texans. The Bengals are none of those things. I can't believe I really just wanted Bill Belichick to get up there and say on to Cincinnati because that's all I wanted to hear. Cause I think it was awful loss to Kansas city early on in the season, a couple of years ago where everybody was saying had the Patriots lost it. I think they might've started the season. Oh, and two that year, Bill Belichick got up there and answered every question with we're on to Cincinnati. It would have been the perfect timing for it in that game. They went on to Cincinnati to blow them out. I think that's going to happen again this week. I'm looking for something in the high thirties, low forties for the Patriots and somewhere in the single digits to maybe 10 points for the Bengals. I'm all over the Patriot in this one Patriots in this one too. I say lay the nine and a half points on the road uh, and go to the bank. Go ahead, Greg. One more point, you know, yeah. my, theory, my theory here that the division leaders and people that they might see in the playoffs for the Patriots. Right. So everyone's saying like, hey, something's really wrong with the Patriots at this point. Uh, I, I said it before those games that they're not going to want to show any plays. Uh, these are big games for the Ravens and the Chiefs who, you know, aren't used to playing in the playoffs. So I definitely think the Pats were holding plenty back. You don't have to hold anything back against Cincy. So uh, great point. Another cupcake could be, should be another nice win. So you're saying Bill Belichick was on like an information gathering trip, much like he sent his uh, interns on the documentary there, which they haven't seen that video. It had nothing to do with the team. It was on an advanced scout, which apparently just means send your team to scout the team in advance. Did they, did they catch the guy doing one of these? The... <laughs> I did not see any fish hooks in there. Little, little varsity blues. Yeah. No, 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 no fish hooks on the hook and ladder. All right. Well, we got a trifecta here on the Pats, Greg, because Chris Portente is with us on New England. Let's see why he likes the Pats this week. Week 15 is going to be true to form. Okay, the good teams are going to rise to the top. Cream will rise to the top and good teams who are playing bad teams. It's not going to be close games. It's not going to be backdoor covers. It's going to be true to form in week 15. The Patriots are not losing 10 in a row, and they're not going to squeak by the Bengals. They're going to crush the Bengals. They will find enough trick plays. They will find enough offense, enough defense, and enough special teams to win this game by at least three scores. So take the Pats. They are not losing three in a row in Cincinnati against the lowly, lowly Bengals. Play the 10 and don't look back. So with that, we will move on from the best in the AFC East to the worst in the AFC East. They've been good to us lately this season. The Miami Dolphins coming off a cover and what should have been a win against the New York Jets without scoring a touchdown. I think they set a record for combined field goals in that game for, I think it was 12 between the two teams. Uh, they covered despite not winning outright. And then the Giants, of course, coming off their Super Bowl as they took on Philly uh, and, and that late obviously collapsed by the G-men Philly taking it in overtime. They could not get Eli Manning his final win in Philadelphia. So in this one, Greg and I are rolling with the dolphins again. I'll go first here, Greg. Look, I don't think that the Giants should be three and a half point favorites against anyone. Uh, I think that at two and 
11, I believe they are so far this season. They are in a different mindset than the Miami Dolphins are right now. You've got a team in the Miami Dolphins where you have a new coach who is trying to turn the culture around and seems to be getting guys to pull in the same direction as him. Meanwhile, with the Giants, you've got Pat Shermer, who could be on his way out, who's got Jack Rabbit criticizing the coaching staff when he's not even at practice, not even playing. And now Pat Shermer has to answer questions about that at his press conferences rather than thinking about what's coming in the next week. And let's be honest, the Giants probably want another high draft pick to go there. They still don't know who's going to be quarterback this week. It would be nice for them to add Chase Young on the defensive end uh, out of Ohio State in the draft with the number one overall pick. And right now they're in a prime position for it. Honestly, I think the Miami Dolphins want this game more. Even if they don't end up winning it outright, I can't see laying more than a field goal when you're the Giants. I say take the points with Miami. And let's not forget they played here last week. So it's not like they're going on the road again, so to speak, for them. Uh, Greg, what are your thoughts? What's the kicker's name for the Dolphins? Uh, you know, when you kick seven field goals, you really should remember the guy's name. I'll look it up. He threw, he threw the touchdown pass two weeks ago. Uh, as He's well, a stud. I guess the Eagles. I say best best kicker in Miami since Finkel, right? <laughs> Einhorn is Finkel. Um, yeah, so I mean, just same story. I mean, like you look at the way that the Dolphins are playing games, and they're in absolutely every game. Uh, and then you have players on the Giants who exactly what you're talking about? The quote unquote, they find ways to lose games, right? And you know interpret that how you want to i interpret that to say that basically our coaches uh you know have a player that scores two long touchdowns in the first half and then don't target him again for the remainder of the game your boy your boy slayton yeah um but yeah it's there's there's absolutely no reason i don't understand why it would be three let alone three and a half uh so i i get the hook i'm going three and a half and Again, you're never going to feel comfortable with it, but the, the, the fins have been good. Jason Sanders is the kicker that we were looking for. Big shot, big ups to Jason Sanders. As we were saying, wait, what, what were we were cursing kickers the other day? Uh, I'm going to get me a Jason Sanders shirt because we were talking about the, <laughs> the shirt we're going to make for kickers. Uh, we're going to make one in favor of him now. Go ahead. Well, I hope uh, I hope he doesn't have anywhere near the seven, right? Because you know, if you can cover a game without scoring a touchdown, I'm pretty sure Fitzpatrick's got a couple of touchdowns. The only thing I, I don't think we know about uh, Parker at this point, so that's the right. only warning signal that I'll put on there. I know he had the the head injury or whatever, uh, but quite frankly, Fitz doesn't really need one guy. I think he'll spread it around a little bit. And you never know when he's going to toss a lateral in there just for some fun and excitement. So. That, that was exciting. And, and and honestly, you know, Alan Hearns is a backup. You you could have much worse back. You you could have the Eagles backups, uh, you know, so an Alan Hearns is not so bad. Mike Gesicki, I believe, uh, is also on there. Big shit, big ups to Mike Gesicki. <laughs> I'm, seeing, I'm seeing Devontae Parker as a limited participant in practice. Uh, so if he wasn't, if it was a head injury, which I think it was, correct? Yeah, then he would have uh, been out. Then I don't think he'd be going through any of those things. So I'm going to take a look into it a little bit more detail, but uh, that's promising to me. 
Awesome. Chris with no play in the Dolphins and Giants, but he does have a couple more picks for you, including the wing foot lock. Go ahead, Chris. Now, as we're scrolling down, okay, Broncos and the Chiefs. Chiefs laying 11 and a half points. Yes, the Broncos have been playing good. Yes, Drew Locke has, has got some blood in their veins and playing good. It's not going to matter in Arrowhead this week. The Chiefs lay the 11 and a half points and don't look back. True to form, cream rises to the top and the Chiefs will roll. If I said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Andy Reid coaching against AFC West teams is almost unfair. Since 2015, the Chiefs have gone 25 and 2 straight up against divisional opponents and 20 and 7 against the spread. That total includes eight straight wins against the Broncos, where the Chiefs have gone seven and one against the spread. One thing to keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, I know they say he might be a little banged up. Not gonna matter. Drew Locke, two and oh, both against the spread since taking over straight up and against the spread since taking over. Not going to matter. Okay? And the Broncos are also seven and two against the spread in their past nine games overall. Not going to matter. The Chiefs will roll in this one and put up big numbers, and the Broncos will not be able to match. So take the Chiefs minus eleven and a half and don't look back. Now, we're going to continue on with these Sunday games, okay? Of course, we like the Seahawks at the Panthers. Seahawks laying six on the road to the Carolina Panthers, all right? And here are some of those Seattle and Russell Wilson stats that have done very, very good by us this season, so pay close attention. Since Pete Tarrell was hired in 2010, the Seahawks have dominated the Panthers, going 6-1 and one straight up. The Seahawks have also been nearly unstoppable in Eastern time zone games, winning six straight out East while going 5-1 and one against the spread in those games, and we've been on mostly all of them and brought them to your attention each and every time it's come about. All right? Now, as for the Panthers, they, they're another disaster right now. Over the past few weeks, they've gone 1-6 straight up, in the past seven games, two and five against the spread. The Panthers also lost five in a row, going one and four against the spread in those games. Fire Ron Rivera is supposed to put a spark in their system, and it did nothing. This team is done. They quit. They're done. Seattle is in a, a divisional race. They're trying to win the division. They're in a fight for their lives. They coughed one up last week, and they're going to come out this week, and they're going to roll. So take Seattle, lay in the six on the road to the Panthers, and don't look back. Why? Because cream rises to the top. Week 15, true to form. All right. Now, Jaguars at the Raiders. Raiders laying five and a half points at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, this ain't so much with cream, okay? But the Raiders are the much better team. The Jaguars have packed it in. The Jaguars on the road are a disaster, even worse than they have been lately. And the Raiders coughed one up last week. They couldn't hang with the Titans. They're still 7-9 and nine in home games, and they're going to continue their dominance this, this week. All right? And also, this could be the final game that the Raiders ever play in Oakland, which means emotions are going to be high. They're not going to lose their last game in Oakland, and I don't think the Jaguars have enough to keep this game close as a nail-biter, and I think the Raiders are good enough at home to win this game by a touchdown to cover that 5.5 points. All right? Now, last year when the Raiders were playing their home finale, thinking it might be their final game in Oakland. They covered a two and a half point spread as an underdog, and they won the game outright 27 to 14 over the Broncos. Although the Raiders lost to the Titans on Sunday, like I said, they've won seven of their past nine home games, like I said, uh, going seven and three against the spread in their past 10 home games. And as for the Jaguars, another December nugget, 
Not only are they another disaster and another disaster on the road, they're one of the worst December road teams in NFL history. Since 2008, they've gone 3-20 and straight up in December road games, and they haven't been much better against the spread going 7-16. and Okay, one thing to keep in mind, the Jags have lost five straight games by 17 points or more, making them the first team to hit a stretch like that since 1986. And it's not stopping this week. The Raiders will roll. Take the Raiders at home in maybe their final game in Oakland, laying the five and a half points and don't look back because cream will rise to the top and week 15 is true to form okay now as far as the wing of foot lock goes in week 15 quite honestly any one of these picks can be the wing foot lock this week because week 15 is true to form and cream will rise to the top but we are going to place the hashtag this week for the Wingfoot Lock on the Seattle Seahawks laying six to the Carolina Panthers on the road. Seattle laying the six to Carolina on the road. Seattle has too much to play for, trying to win that division. Seattle is coming off a game that they could have and should have won against Carolina, who has fired their coach. They've been an utter disaster. They have nothing to play for, and they are not going to be able to roll with the Seahawks. All the stats I gave you, Seahawks playing on the East Coast, Seahawks traveling, Seahawks playing on the road, it's all going to be too much for a Carolina team that has nothing left. And we all know Russell Wilson is the cream of the league. And this week, cream rises to the top. So for this week, week 15's wing foot lock of the week, take the Seattle Seahawks laying the six on the road to the Carolina Panthers and don't look back. Now we have one more game for you here. Uh, Greg and I on opposite sides of this one, the Houston Texans are headed to Tennessee to take on the mighty Titans. Titans are laying three in this one. Both teams eight and five. They play each other again in a couple weeks here to end the season. This is really where the AFC South is going to be won or lost in these two games. Um, and Greg, you want, I'll, I'll let you decide. You want to go first or you want to defer on this one? I'll go first because mine's got a caveat. If okay. Will Fuller plays. Uh, he stretches the defense, a uh, lot more passing yards per attempt for um, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, opens things up a little bit for the running game. Uh, and I think they're just a much different team with that deep threat, uh, you know, just like most the Eagles, for example, right? When you have somebody like Deshaun Jackson, Will Fuller to take the top off the defense, uh, you can't load up as much. And I think this spot for Houston you're getting them plus three. I don't know what the look ahead was two weeks ago when they had just beat the Patriots, but I think if they don't put up that big stinker here, we might be a little bit closer to a pick 'em type ball game uh, because coming off that Patriots win, sandwiched in between that and a divisional game, uh, big letdown spot for them last week. So uh, I'll take my points as long as Fuller's playing uh, and feel pretty good about it. 
Yeah, Greg and I were talking before the game. I think we missed an opportunity last week to play against the Houston Texans. Now, we weren't on either side of the game, but I, as I kept talking about Tennessee, we said Tennessee was in a potential letdown spot with a sandwich game as they had played the Colts and they were playing uh, the Texans this week. So there was an opportunity for them to have a letdown last week against the Raiders, and they looked great. They just absolutely dominated that game out in Oakland. Now, I understand the run that they have they have been on, and I'm calling the the Tennessee Titans are my ride or die this season. I put my flag in the ground a couple weeks ago, and I've been riding the Titans for I believe this is the third or fourth uh, three three or four weeks coming into this. So this will be four or five weeks that I've been on the Titans now. Um, and again, it just goes back to the balance that I've seen from this team. I look at teams and like, what's your glaring weakness? Because Bill Belichick said, you know, it's Sun Tzu, it's the art of war, and what you exploit your other team's weakness. Well, I don't see a glaring weakness on the Tennessee Titans. And when I look at these two teams, I see the glaring weakness that I see between them is the offensive line of the Houston Texans. And I think Mike Rabel, who is, co you know, coached by Bill Belichick has done an awesome job as an NFL head coach. And I think that this is the year the Titans make the step forward. Ryan Tannehill again, I'll continue week after week. I tell you, he's been good. And how about those, those wide receivers, Greg, and the fullbacks and the tight ends and everybody else who is doing it for the Tennessee Titans this season. Obviously Henry's the bell cow and you know what he can do there, but I think they're at home in this one. And frankly, I think they have new Orleans next week. Maybe you can check that Greg, but these two teams in the final three weeks play each other twice. So you've got, uh, I think the Titans after this go on to play the saints. They can't really afford to lose this one and then bank on the final week of the season, because I believe that the Texans have a much easier matchup in between these two matchups. So uh, I, for that reason, I will go with the Tennessee Titans and I will lay the three points. Um, might, might take it money line too, just because I do think this is going to be a close one. What'd you find there, Greg? It's uh, home against the Saints. Home against the Saints. And then uh, in comparison, I think the uh, – oh, I can't remember right now off the top of my head who Houston has. But you know what? Chris Portente has a pick in this game as well. He can break the tie for us. Let's go to Chris and hear what he has to say. Now, the last three times these two teams have played in Nashville, the Titans have gone 3-0 and both straight up and against the spread. Since Ryan Tannehill took over as QB, the Titans have gone 4-0 straight up at home and 3-0-1 against the straight. And if you have not noticed, and Joe, I know you've noticed because you've brought it to our attention, the Titans are playing serious football. They are peaking. They might be peaking too early, but right now they are peaking, and we're going to ride them while they're hot. Okay? In their past 10 home games against AFC South teams, they are 8-2 straight up and 8-2 against the spread. Some staggering, staggering numbers. Numbers. Now, as for the Texans, they've actually struggled on the road against the AFC's South teams. They're just going three and six straight up and against the spread in their past nine. Another reason to stay away from the Texans is because they're 0-4-1 against the spread in December road games since the beginning of 2017 season. And you know how we felt about some October, October games? We didn't have such a great November trend. The numbers and stats just weren't there. But here's a little December nugget we're going to ride. So take the Titans at home, minus three over the Texans, and don't look back. All right, so those are your picks for week 15 of the 2019 NFL season. For Chris Portente, Greg Coyle, and Joe Masiri, that's me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. And until next time, everybody, remember... 
It's not whether we win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you next week. 